So just, just a little bit, just kind of where I'm coming from before we jump in. Uh, just some crazy stuff just in my own personal life. Just uh, this last six weeks, we, uh, my wife, who is a lawyer out in Phoenix, her firm asked her to take the bar um, and do law in California. So she's had to study for the California bar, which has been absolutely insane. Uh, one, when you're already a lawyer and you don't live in California, and now you're asked to do probably the hardest bar test. It's crazy. So then I became like a single dad for six weeks, and that's not like a mar- like martyr to me. It just it was crazy, and we had like some deaths and in our in our family. It was just kind of some wild, wild things. And the the only comfort, as you can imagine, and as Lorenzo just finished prayed, is is the slowing down and looking at Jesus. And what I mean by that is slowing down and genuinely looking at Jesus as he's revealed in the Gospels and how he reveals himself to the world. Um, I, my, it's my opinion that when, when we see beauty, like when we see an act of love, there is something about it that only just draws us to it. Like when it's that beautiful and that's good and true, in a way, it makes us want to be able to reflect that love, no matter what it looks like. We, we were... Um, I coached my, my, my younger kids, their, their football, all, all their sports, um, and particularly flag football. And we had a really, really good team, and we were trying to go on this national championship run, right? And we were playing in different tournaments in different states, and so we came to California, and we had been used to, like, winning by a lot. And we had never seen a team that was really better than us, and we thought, oh, we're going to win this. And we went up against this team from Hawaii, and this team kicked our butt, Right? And there was just something different about this coach and, and their players. And so fast forward, we win another tournament. And so we go to the national tournament, and we want to play them in the championship. And it works out that we get to the championship game, and we play them. Now, before the game, they, they rally together. It's them. It's, it's um, the coach, all the players, their, parent, their, their family. Like, if you know anything about, like, Hawaiian culture, too, everything is wildly familiar. Like, you know what I mean? Families together. They're holding hands, and they're praying which is like, that just doesn't happen. Again, I'm the pastor. We're not praying before the game and whatnot, but uh, <laughs> part of that is because no one signed up for me to pray for them. They signed up for me to coach. But anyways, so there's, there's, they're praying, and I'm just kind of like, that's interesting. And we get to the game, and we get to a part where we're up, and the way we lost to them last time is we, they got the ball the last time in, uh, with, with 20 seconds ago, and they drove down, and they scored, and they won the game. Same thing happens. We're up. They get the ball back. And I'm like, here we go. I go look at the guy's coaching. I'm like, here we go again, because we can't stop this team. And it gets to the last down, and they don't get it. And I'm like, yes, we get the ball. We're going to run the clock out. We're going to win this. Well, the ref comes to me, and he says, no, that wasn't the last down. I'm like, yes, it was. And I, like, I like, track all of the, the downs. I do it very calmly, like a Christian. Uh, <laughs> and, and he's like, and then the guy, the coach from the other team comes over, and he says, hey, what's going on? And the ref tells him, he goes, yeah, you guys got another play. And he goes, no, actually, this is what we did. Here's a, here's a series of plays. It's their ball. And I'm like, what? No coach ever, whatever. Like, the ref made a mistake. He just kind of, oh, I guess it's our ball. Nope, he goes, their ball. You guys win. And for four years, this particular team, Hawaii, they've never lost a game. Four years. All of their players, I'm like going to tear up even. I've never seen anything like this. All of their players come. And they don't just shake our kid's hand. They hug with tears because they lost. They hug every single one of our players. All of their family members come down to the field, hug all of our parents, <laughs> shake their hands. 
They said the whole reason they raised money to go to Dallas to play in this tournament was the opportunity to play us again, and it was a gift, right? It was one of those things where you go like, okay, um, so I just go to the coach after. I was like, dude, what do you, like, I saw you guys praying, and he goes, yeah, man, we, we love Jesus, and like, you know, sports matter a lot to us, but what really matters is just doing everything right, and I said, I've never seen anything like that. One, a coach who says, no, you're wrong, and it's actually going to hurt you, and then people like, even though you wanted something, you didn't get it, you can celebrate with those who didn't receive it. The, there's a beauty when you see love on display and action that it's amazing. And our culture and a fast-paced culture, we don't give ourselves time to be able to see those sort of um, displays of love that we see in the gospel. So here, here, here's just my, my only goal for this morning with you guys, is to look at this particular story, which is a story of a miracle, okay? The story that we're going to read today, Jesus goes into a town, and he uh, raises a woman's son from the dead, okay? So I just totally gave it away, um, just, just in case you didn't know. Uh, he's going to come back alive. Um, and, and yet, it's really not about the miracle. And so let me, let me, let me just pray, and we're going to jump in and see this display of love. And our hope would be to be able to see the display of love, Jesus, as he displays compassion, to be able to reciprocate, reciprocate and also to mimic and to reflect that love to others. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the life and the love that you give us in your son, Jesus. We pray, I pray right now, Lord, that even as I teach, Lord, that you would minister to all of us. Uh, minister to our souls and help us to see and, and know and taste and understand, Lord, the love of Christ. And not just for us, but for the world. And a world that looks at Jesus or looks at everything is fast-paced and how much more we can influence and who we can be with and who's the most popular. Jesus is able to slow down and be with those who no one really wants to be with. And he does it not because of what he can get, but ultimately, Lord, what he gives. And so, Lord, we pray that the self-giving nature and love of God would be present in our lives as we begin to look to the gospel afresh. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Gospel of Luke, chapter 7, verse 11. Soon afterward, he went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. And as he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. A considerable, a considerable crowd came from the town with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had a compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. And then he came up and he touched the bier. And the, and the bears stood still and he said, young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. And fear seized them all. And they glorified God saying, a great prophet has risen among us. And God has visited his people and this report about him spread throughout the whole Judea and all of the surrounding country. So in my, my neighborhood, uh, one of the things we started doing, me, we meaning me and my wife, is we began to take walks around our neighborhood. Um, not that we started that, you know, it's not a trend that we started. People, people, people have been doing this for a while. Um, and, and here's the thing. So first, I'm, I, and then so we're walking and I see, we see this girl and her name is Brittany. And we're like, hey, Brittany, what are you doing? We're eight houses like around the corner from our house, like on our street, and it curves. Like, what are you doing? She goes, I live here. I'm like, you live here? When did you, you move here? She goes, I moved here like three years ago. And I'm like, well, yeah, we knew that. 
right? You know, we love our neighbors, right? It was weird. And like we had known her. She was in my wife's small group when I was a youth pastor years, uh, years ago at a different church. All right, so we keep walking. Seriously, same day, we keep walking. And then the neighborhood, like the, the houses behind us, we turn around and then there's a pastor friend of mine who's a pastor at another church in the city where I live. And he's out there and he's shooting hoops with his son. And I said, Chuck, he goes, Ricardo, I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, I'm shooting hoops with my son. And I said, that's your house? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I live here. How long have you been living here? He goes, three years. Do you live here? And I said, yeah, like right behind the alley where you live. How do we not? This is getting bad, right? And, and the, the, it, was, it, was, it was hilarious because, right, um, during that time that week, we were doing this love your neighbor thing. And it was like, you got to love your neighbor. And in order to love your neighbor, you got to know your neighbor. Here I am like, I know you, but I had no idea that you were actually my neighbor. <laughs> And I say that because it's not like those people just appeared. They had been there. But the way that many of us drive into our neighborhoods, our homes, our apartment complexes, wherever it is that we live, we drive in, right? And most of us are usually on the way somewhere else or thinking about somewhere else to be, and we just fly in, fly out, and don't even notice the people or the places around us. And when this happens, we miss out on so much. And when you begin to actually just slow down, you begin to notice things like, oh, this girl, Brittany, who we've known for a while, actually is our neighbor, my friend Chuck, who, by the way, I email back and forth and meet for coffee with at least once a month, lives in my neighborhood, <laughs> lives in my neighborhood, right? Has a son the same age as my son as I'm praying, Lord, I just want Noah to have friends his own age. Bam, right? And so you just slow down and you begin to notice some things. So let me give you, give you the context of this, of this particular uh, passage that we just read, all right? There's kind of um, some movements that I want to be able to have. One, be able to narrate the story and then a bit ultimately zoom in on Jesus. But to zoom in on the way in which Jesus loves, you got to see everything around it. Um, the previous verses, before you get to this one, he had just, Jesus, had just healed somebody, um, and now he's leaving that town and he's going somewhere else. And it says that he gets to this town called Nain. Now, when you think about the town called Nain, Nain is a small town about three to 500 people, right? It's like a suburb of Fargo, right? And so it's a small, small place. Um, and the characters that we have there in this, in this narrative is you have Jesus, right? Um, and then you have uh, the crowd that's with the widow um, and her, her son who's dead. By the way, he's going to come back. Um, and then you also have the crowd that's with Jesus, um, so Jesus is going into, it says he's walking into the town gates, and the lady and the, the funeral procession is actually walking out. And so there's a funeral. And as you can imagine on a funeral, I'm assuming they do this in L.A. as they do it in everywhere else, is that when there's a funeral, you've seen where you have all of the cars following the hearse. People usually pull over and you acknowledge, like, like they're on their way to a funeral, they're on their way to a burial site, like there's something that you acknowledge there. And so in this particular day, like, think of something very similar to that, and Jesus and his crowd is walking in. Now, the crowd, the first, let's deal with the first crowd. The crowd of the woman is a crowd that's about 300 people. And you say, how do you know that? Here's why. And that particular day, it was expected that everybody in the town would be present at, any, at somebody's funeral. Like, it was expected. There was not, and I wish we could have made it, but we have this thing going on. It's like, no, everybody's going to be there. And it was a big deal. Not like our day, right? And our day, when you go to a funeral service um, or you go to a memorial service, what happens is we try to control our emotions. Like, we don't want to come undone. It's, a, it, it's really hard. One, it's uncomfortable for us to come undone. 
And it's also uncomfortable for the people around us to watch us come undone. Um, You know yourself that you've been in situations where you've been with people in whom you love who have emotionally just come undone and you don't know what to do. And at best, you try to like say certain things or throw a couple verses at them or something that will make them feel better. And the reality of it is they just kind of need to be undone. And this day, they were able to come undone. It was expected to weep. In fact, they even had professional weepers. Okay? That was a job. Like people went to college and they said, what do you want to do? I'm going to weep. This is, this is this little, my side hustle, right? And so they would, they, would, they would be professional criers. They could not even be emotionally connected, but they would be a part of it. And so the way the funeral, if you, can, if you could just view this, you would have the women in front, because as it was thought in that particular day in Jewish culture, that women actually preceded the body, because um, when you go back to the beginning of Scripture, the way that they looked at it is Eve sinned first, And so death came into this world, so women would be in the front, and then they would walk, and then you would have the men who were carrying the the body, and it wouldn't be like in a casket, it would be like in a wooden slat, and the body would be laid on it, and so you could see the body, and then you would have um, the, 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 the mother, and she'd be there, and she'd be weeping, and then you would have the rest of the town behind them, and the, the weepers, and so forth. So that's the scene as Jesus is walking in. Now, as Jesus is walking into the town gate, um, he could have easily said, and, like what we do, right, pull the side, acknowledge that there's death, and then go about whatever it is that he was doing. And especially for him to stop in a town like this, it's a small town. It's not like a town that people are talking about. There's not a whole lot of things happening there. There's not like some dope coffee spots that he's going to stop at and get a pullover that takes 15 minutes, all right? That was my experience this morning. And so you have, you, not here, it was great. And so you have, you, you don't have that in name, and yet Jesus stops here, all right? Go back with me in the verse. It says this. A great crowd went with him, and as he drew near to the town gate, behold, a man who was dead was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a considerable crowd of the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. You know what? (laughs) There is something that is innate. There is something that is, is just good about being noticed. You know what I mean? No. Um, well, thanks for noticing me. <laughs> I, my wife makes fun of me a lot because if I see somebody, dri- like if I'm driving and I see somebody on a bike or I see somebody walking or I see somebody driving that I know, like I pull out my phone and I text them like, hey, I just saw you. And she's like, why do you do that? And I'm like, because I, just, I, I saw him. <laughs> right? She's like, no, but like, like why, what, why? Like, why do you do that? Like, it's like, I saw you, nothing else. And I'm like, Holly, listen, don't, don't, don't. Come on now. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, I think that sometimes because in our culture, like in our Christian cultures, you don't want to be selfish, right? Like you don't want to be selfish. And so sometimes we like do this false humility thing and like we like say like, hey, don't make it about you. And like, and that's, those are good things. But, you know, it's okay to be noticed, right? Like it's like no one, think about with kids, right? If I had a little daughter, which I don't, I have two sons. If I had a little daughter, my little daughter like came and said, daddy, look at my dress. I wouldn't say you narcissistic little, like, you know, like I, I would, I, I would say, yes, baby girl, I see you, right? There's something of saying, I just want to be seen. So here is this woman and she is in this like 
tons of people. Jesus is with the crowd. And what many of the commentators believe is that Jesus' crowd is about 1,000 to 2,000, judging on the group of people who followed him from the previous place. So he's got 1,000 to 2,000 people. They got a 300 crowd. There's all these people around. And it says that Jesus, what? Saw her, right? He saw her. And that, that is not like, oh, I see you. It's like, he zeroed in on her. Three to 500 people, his 1,000 to 2,000, he zeroed in on her. There's something about when you, get, when you notice somebody in a crowd, like I don't know how many people are in this room right now, but there, there, there could be a chance, depending on how you enter in and leave, that you can say to a friend, hey, did you go to church on Sunday? Yeah, I went to church. Oh, I didn't see you. Oh, yeah, I was there. I, I sat over here. Oh, you said, oh, man, I missed you, because that could happen in a crowd. We were, last uh, November, my wife and I, our birthdays were like 20 days apart, and we said we wanted to do something uh, together for our birthday and like leave our kids, maybe never come back, but, uh, <laughs> and, and we, we wanted to go to uh, a college football game in a city that we've never been and so forth. I don't really like college football, but my wife was like, hey, let's do this for me, and I'm like, all right. <laughs> I love college football, right? And, so, and so, so we decided to go to a Georgia-Auburn game. Okay, side note. Yeah, oh, wow. Okay, let's get it. Let's get it. So we decided to go to a Georgia-Auburn game. Now, here's the thing. Side note. Football, I thought I loved football. You go to the South, and it's a different world, right? There's like in the South, there's Jesus right here, right? And then there's football, Right? And so we get, we get there, and we, we don't have social media, so we, no one knows we're there. We didn't put, hey, at the Georgia game, right? And so we are in Athens. That's where the, the University of Georgia is, and there's 80,000 people walking. The stadium is in the middle of the university, right? Because I'm sure when they thought they were going to build Georgia, the university, they're like, let's build the stadium, and then, then we'll figure out the school situation after that. <laughs> and what? What? I don't mean that in a bad way. I went to ASU, for goodness sake. You just need a pulse and you get in. So, so you, 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 have, you have this, like, 80,000 people walking in. And my wife and I are walking, like, shoulder to shoulder people. And what we love to do, we love the doppelganger thing. Like, oh, that person looks like a mixture of this person and this person. And, like, we do, like, oh, yeah, yeah a little bit. I can see, like, the hair, yeah. And so we walk, and my, my wife goes, man, the person next to you looks like Ryan Tolan. All right, so Ryan Tolan is my best friend, best man in my wedding. Um, she says, like nobody else, not mixture, it just looks like him. I look over, and it's him. <laughs> 80,000 people, he lives here in Rancho Cucamonga, right? And, 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 and I'm going, and I push him, right, because why not, right? And I'm like, and he pushes me, he goes, what the? And he starts saying all these language, like, in words that I would never say because I'm saved. And he, he, he's just like, and we're having this moment, like, hugging each other. He starts crying, and, like, and he's like, what are you, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm at the game. And, like, our, our wives see us, and, like, they're kind of like, hey, hey, good to see you, you know. And, like, we're going ham. We've been best friends since we were seven years old. And, like, here's the, here's the thing. Everybody can see clearly we're excited um, or drunk or whatever they thought was going on. And, but they don't really know what was going on. Two years ago, Ryan's daughter, he lost his, his little girl. And then they had another baby. And she had been in the hospital before this about 30 days. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. And he's not a believer in God. And 
I would say, hey, I'll pray for you, but he's like, don't, because I don't believe in God, but I prayed for him anyway, because it didn't matter. I do. And, and so we had been connected. I didn't know, and I, a week before that, they'd release her, they'd find her out, uh, she was fine, and so forth. And so him and his wife did the exact same thing we did. They said, hey, let's go to a really big football game somewhere in a city that we've never been. Their hotel was across the street from our hotel, and here we were. And so this moment, though, like, just seemed like two friends, was far deeper than that, right? To hear the good news about what's going on with his family and his daughter and so forth, it was amazing. Jesus notices this woman in the middle of a crowd, and he knows there's far more going on than just the death of her son, as painful as that is. The scripture says here that she's a widow, and in that particular day, to be a woman, you needed a man in your life, right? You needed a man, a mighty, mighty good man, right? And it's not like today, right, where you don't need no man. You could be an INDP, like you could do whatever, whatever you like. And, and, and particularly, you would have your, if you were a young girl, you would have your father, and your father would take care of you. And, and then your father would find somebody uh, that would marry you. And once you were married, your husband would take care of you. And if you had sons, then your sons would take care of you. If you lost your husband, then you would have a son. Okay, this woman right now, it's, it, it's like Luke, who writes this gospel, is very clear she is a widow, and this is her only son. Jesus doesn't just see someone mourning. He sees someone who's actually about to be in poverty. He sees someone who's destitute. He's seen someone who's about to lose all sorts of social security, social security, everything. He's seeing like, a, a, like, like someone's life that is radically changed. She does not have a man in her life to take care of her. And so he sees far more in the crowd. And so when it says that he sees her, there's something that begins to happen. And that is this, that Jesus does something that we, we don't know how to do. And that is, he doesn't just see with sympathy or even empathy, but he moves all the way as it says he had compassion on her. And let, let me do something here really quick. One, because I, like most people, get confused with sympathy and empathy um, a lot, actually. One, most of us just use it synonymously because we really don't even know what they, we don't know the difference usually, right? So I Googled it. And so you have, you have sympathy would be like this, okay? The way to describe sympathy would be, let me think of this, right? So in our family, we like to watch um, different shows together as a family. And each person gets to pick. When my wife picks, we watch This Is Us, right? Very sad. Um, and then when my kid, when I pick, we watch cooking shows. Like I don't cook, but I love the competition of watching people cook. And I, I, I watch them all. I watch them all. And so, uh, and my, my, my kids, when they pick, they want to watch ultimate beast, master, ninja, warrior, something, right? Dragon. And so there's, there's like, you know, it's like the ultimate, like, obstacle course things, and so we're watching this, and there's different people competing for different countries, and there's a guy there from Mexico, and he's going from like one bar to the next, and as he goes, his shoulder pops out of socket, right? Just pops up, right? And we're like, okay. Sympathy would look like this. My sons go, oh my goodness, did you see that? Oh man, he is in pain. Sympathy is, I see and I notice your pain. Like, if they knew that person, they could write them a card and say, I see that you're in pain, I notice it. Sympathy. Now, empathy goes a little further. Um, 
So my wife and I, we look at it, and we have this visceral response, not just by seeing it, but knowing what it's like, because between the two of us, um, we both played college sports, five shoulder surgeries. So we know what that feeling is and what it's going to be like when that doctor comes and tries to put it back in the socket, right? And, and there's a sense where we're going like, man, I don't only just see your pain, but I can, I can feel your pain. Empathy. Compassion is saying, one, I see that you're in pain, sympathy. I feel your pain, empathy. But compassion says now, but I'm, I'm going to take whatever resources and means I have to do something about it. This is what Jesus does. He says, and when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. That, that, that seeing, that's the slowing down in the neighborhood and to see the things like... We read this, and we go, wow, Jesus raised this woman's son from the dead. But we don't read it and go, wow, he saw her, and he had compassion on her. Like, he saw her. That when it comes to the way in which we love like Jesus that the world does not get, it is something that first starts with seeing, and that seeing begins to, like, it does something to us, like, from a feeling standpoint, that, that we're moved in a certain way that we see something or we see someone in pain or we read about something that's in pain and we want to do something. That's something very Christ-like. And Jesus sees this woman and it says he moves towards her in compassion, that, that he wants to be able to do something. And he looks at her and he says, do not weep. Which is interesting to say to a woman who's a widow, whose son is dead. Like, in some ways, it almost seems like Jesus is being pretty insensitive right now, right? Like, you would never show up to a funeral and see somebody who's weep, see a woman who's lost a child, who's weeping, going, hey, 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 cut, cut, cut that out, right? Never. Why is Jesus doing? Um, Jesus is doing something that all of us do, and when we read this, we have to read it the way that we would do it, and that makes sense, right? So it would be like this. Um, so a couple weeks ago, my, or my son's playing soccer, and... The kid kicks the ball, another kid, and he goes to jump in front of it, and the ball hits him right in his gut, right? And it was like that, you know, that, that super thud, like thud, and he, and he just barrels over. And I'm like, you're all right. You're all right. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And what I'm saying is um, it's going to hurt, but it's not going to hurt forever, right? Like you're, gonna, you're fine. Like you're going to be okay. Yes, yes, it hurts, but it's not going to hurt forever. You get what I'm saying? Um, and as a dad... I could tell him that. Now, am I always right? No. Um, he had an ankle injury one. Two weeks later, he took him to the doctor. He had a fractured foot. So, missed on that one. But this one, <laughs> this, this one, this one, this one, this one, uh, this one, I was right. <laughs> what Jesus is saying is he's saying, Jesus is always right, by the way. <laughs> Jesus is saying, don't weep because he's about to do something. To the, he's about to do something in this woman's life. And so if we continue to read here in, uh, in verse 14, it said he came, he says, do not weep, verse 14, and he came up and he touched the bier, and the bearer stood still and he said, young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man set up and began to speak and Jesus gave him to his mother. Um, I love this because people are, people, <laughs> one of the reasons I love this is People are, like, you can imagine being there, and, like, you know, people are shocked. It says that they're amazed. It's like, of course. If a person who was dead 
all of a sudden was like, what's going on, right? Everybody would be a little freaked out, right? But here's what Jesus does. He comes, and the way he shows compassion is that the way it says it is he's looking at the woman the whole time, and he touches the beer, not that type of beer, touches it, and like the bearers, people carrying it, they stand still, and he looks at the man, and he says, awake. And he says, and he gives the man to his mother. Um, one of the things that it's hard for us to understand in this is I don't want to dismiss the miracle. But you guys live in L.A., right? Everything is about the big. Everything is about what looks good. I mean, you guys all, for most of you guys, look good, right? <laughs> and there is, there is something about, like, Wow, look at the miracle. And sometimes we think Jesus' miracle is in some ways to like just show like that he's God. And 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 you know that it maybe his miracles were actually to show that he that he loves. That when you see every miracle that Jesus performs, it's always an act of compassion and love. That it's always restoring something as it ought to be. When Lorenzo was just up here, he was talking about these shootings and how we prayed for him because we know something, like, it's not the way it's supposed to be. Well, Jesus knows that as well, and he's making things the way that they ought to be, and he promises to redeem and restore all of creation. And so when he shows his miracles, he's given us a glimpse of what heaven will be like here, that blind receive sight because with Jesus we have sight. That when we begin to see the miracles that, that people are able to walk who were lame because in the new heavens and the earth, they will be able to walk. In this case, he raises the dead son, the, the son back to life, not even just for the son, right? Because what happens here? Like this, this is the gospel here, the way we love. It is Jesus is totally okay with the mundane. He doesn't do the big miracle to see how many people he can influence and how many followers he can have and so forth. He raises the man, and it says that he takes the son and brings him to his mother. This is not a young boy. This is a grown man, right, <laughs> that he is picking up, right? And so Jesus is like, why is that a big deal? Because we slow down and we see it's a big deal. Jesus picks up this man and hands him to his mother. Like, why? Like, why would Luke even put that there? Like, why would he write that? Like, why is that a big deal? I think he's trying to show us something is that the woman's actually more important than the miracle. Like when it comes to Jesus, the woman is more important than the miracle. That he is looking at her and going, as I have compassion on you, which is what the love of God does, which is completely at oddity with everything else in our culture, is that I, he didn't do it for everybody, but he slows down to be able to do it for this one person. We can't love everybody the same. We just can't. Like, if Jesus, even being here, can only love and, and show love, he didn't heal everybody, but he did heal some. I heard a pastor say one time, do for one what you wish you could do for many. So it's not like, let's rush out of here and let's find a funeral and like raise somebody from the dead. Okay, that's probably not going to happen. How about as we walk into a coffee shop, as we walk somewhere and we see somebody, like, ask the Lord to be able to do something and have us have feel some type of way to be able to move towards compassion, or just do it to the people who are already in your life. Like, start at the people in this room, the people next to you. Because, it, I mean, your church probably a lot better than my church. I feel like sometimes the people in church, and like, that are in the same church, they treat people like people in the grocery store. Like, we're both at the same place. We both have needs that we're trying to get. If I see you in the aisle, I might give you a head nod. Um, I like some of the things you like, and then when we're done, we're going to leave, or I'm going to leave these doors, and I'm never going to talk to you again unless I see you in this store again. 
And yet, we say we want to be this loving community and that the loving community eventually has to talk to people. Jesus says what compassion does is always slowing down, seeing, and then able to move towards those people who are in need. And I don't want us to miss this part as well, is that when it comes to Jesus, um, this is not like a now go love like Jesus like type of message, like we want to. But first, we have to see not how Jesus loves this woman, but there's something about the way in which he loves this woman in which he loves us. Like we have to see ourselves not in the position of the son. We have to see ourselves in the position of the woman. That we may not be widows. That we may not be destitute. We may not be poor, but spiritually we are all those things. And then what Jesus does for this woman, that he actually does for the whole world. And that is that God does for the whole world. That God the Father looks down at us and he sees that we are spiritually poor, that there's nothing we can do for ourselves, and that ultimately we need somebody else in our life to be able to provide for us, spiritually speaking, and that we cannot provide for ourselves. And so what God does is he sends his son, Jesus, and he takes his son, who, by the way, dies on the cross, and he takes his dead son, and he raises him from the dead. And he gives them to us in order that we may have life. When we, oh man, I'm a mess, guys. There's, when we see that, that like God sees us in the crowd, yeah, he sees everybody, but he sees you. When you see that he raises Jesus from the dead and he's offering him to all of us that we may have life. And that the life in which we have is a life in which we can have abundantly that doesn't turn in on ourselves, but the very self-giving nature and self-giving love that the Father has towards the Son, now the Son gives to us. So now, in response to the gospel of Jesus Christ, now we can begin to show compassion and love in the ways of Jesus. Because someone outside of ourselves has provided for us and continues to richly provide for us that we may now be able to provide for others. Amen? Amen? So when you think about what does life look like for you, and as we begin to even just wrap up here and it comes to how do we love in the ways of Jesus, maybe the first thing is actually being able to slow down. It's being able to see this display of Jesus and, the, and his love on display in a way in which we're moved. To be able to see that the miracles are absolutely amazing. But sometimes it's not about the miracle, it's about the person. Sometimes it's not so much about the head, it's about the heart. It's not about our aptitude, it's about our affections towards Jesus. And it's not about duty and what we can do, but a desire that he has for us. And to the degree that we see that he desires to see us in the midst of the crowd, to see us in the middle of our own sin, to see us in the middle of our own mess, to see us and draw near to us and to be able to give us life, then we will be able to love and be able to mimic and imitate the ways of Jesus. Amen? Why don't you close your Bibles if you had them open. We'll pray for you, and we'll continue the worship through song.